I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What's up, my friend? You are listening to the Chillpreneur Podcast, the number one place for rule-breaking entrepreneurs to learn how to build a standout personal brand and a kick-ass business without having to hustle their life away. Get ready to be inspired, have a laugh, meet some extraordinary guests, and of course, Get your excitement high with some epic dancepreneur party vibes. Hello, 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 my beautiful, most amazing, hot, badass babe who is listening to this podcast. I just want to let you know that you're incredible. Like, you really are. And I love you. And I'm really excited about today's episode. Yes, that classic Aaron statement. I'm excited. I'm always excited, okay? It's my personality trait. Leave me alone. But I'm really excited about today's podcast episode because that was me doing the mind-blowing emoji. This episode was so profound. If you follow me on Instagram, you will know that one of my biggest pet peeves is People trying to fit themselves into somebody else's strategy towards success. There are so many marketers and business owners out there that make you feel like there is only one path to being successful. There's only one way to grow your Instagram, one way to build a business. You need to buy their course. You need to follow their 12-step process. And that is it. There's no support outside of that. And the thing that I've really noticed over the last couple of years is this kind of mentality is why so many people fail at business and ultimately why so many people quit. You know, whether it be the decision to get really specific and only talk about your niche or whether it's to show up and hustle in some particular type of way, what this doesn't do is actually recognize our individual working styles and the way that we are showing up in our lives and our businesses and how we should approach the things that we are creating. One thing that really does actually celebrate and take notice of our individual personality traits and styles and the way that we should approach work and creativity is actually human design. Now, I actually sat down with one of my previous SBA students a couple of months ago and she gave me a human design reading and it was so incredibly helpful. For me, a lot of the stuff I already knew, but it was almost validating that the way that I was showing up and building my business was right for me and that no matter how many other people were telling me that I was doing it wrong, it was literally in my makeup, in my own blueprint of who I am and who I've always been, the way that I felt like I needed to build my business 
uh, was right for me. And so I'm really excited about this episode today because I actually sat down with Sarah and we talked all about human design, specifically from the perspective of business. We talked about different ways to actually build your business, whether choosing a niche is right for you, different ways to create content, different working styles. We also had some really, really profound conversations about society and structure and how the way that our systems are set up in entrepreneurship and in the economy are just not designed to be applicable to every single person. Honestly, this may have been one of the most insightful conversations that I've ever had around finding a way to build your business that works for you. This episode is kind of long, so I'm not going to ramble on too much. I'm actually going to bring Sarah on for a second episode where we're going to dive deeper into content creation. But honestly, please, please, please take the time to listen to this episode. If you feel like a lot of the marketing out there just doesn't work for you and you want to explore an alternate option to build a business in a way that's totally aligned with exactly who you are, and gives you permission to work in a way that is going to be the most effective and efficient for you, this is definitely going to be the episode for you. Now, if you were interested in human design and you kind of wanted to follow along the uh, conversation that we're having and learn a bit more about your own personal human design, I've left some links below where you can pull up your chart and then you can listen to some of the things we're saying. However, obviously human design is quite a complex topic and there's so many individual nuances that go into your own personal chart. So I will recommend that if you did want to dive deeper into this topic, big find someone get a reading unfortunately I don't think Sarah is doing a lot of readings at this stage but she does have a very 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 comprehensive YouTube channel so that's all free information that you can access or of course you can find a human design reader and you can obviously go on and have a session with them to really uncover all the different aspects of who you are and find ways to build a business and live your life that is going to work for you. Because this is quite a heavy episode with lots of information, I'm going to stop talking. I'm going to give you a little bit of music to have a little bit of a shake off, a little dance party. And then we will go and talk to Sarah all about human design in business. Hello, my love, and welcome officially, finally, <laughs> to the Chillpreneur podcast. Thank you. I'm super excited to be here. It's so funny because Sarah and I have been trying to sit down and record this podcast for such a long time, like months now, since I actually had a reading with her, a human design reading, which we're going to get into throughout this episode. But it was so powerful. And at the end of the reading, I was like, we have to share this on the podcast. But then I got COVID and all these things happened. So it was a bit of a delay. However, 
I ended up having lots of different things happen throughout this week, which now I just think is the most perfect time to bring Sarah on and to talk all about human design and really how it affects our ability to show up in business. So thank you so much for being patient, but also coming onto the podcast because I'm really excited for this. Of course, of course. I always say that the timing is right when it's aligned and because it's not forced, this will be the right time for anyone looking to learn more. Yeah, I love it. Okay. Can we start with the obvious question? Because I think this is going to be really helpful to set up the conversation that we're going to have. And I'm sure you know what it is, but can you please give your kind of, uh, I guess, newbies description to exactly what human design is? Yes, of course. So human design encompasses a variety of different modalities. It really thinks of us as, you know, all part of the same hologram, but different angles of that hologram. When I'm speaking to newbies, I like to think of it as astrology or your Enneagram or your Myers-Briggs on steroids, because you can just get so much information. It encompasses a variety of modalities, including a little bit of astrology, but also the Kabbalic Tree of Life, the chakra system, and the Chinese I Ching and the 64 hexagrams. And there's just sort of this rabbit hole that is um, unending with human design, but that's kind of the high level overview of what is it. It basically through that information of your birth details, you can get a body graph chart. And through that, you can learn so much about your own energy, how you show up on your own, as well as with others, which we can dive into a bit later on. Yeah, because that's going to be super relevant for the business conversation. But what do people mostly use human design for? Like, why is it beneficial even outside of business? I know we're going to go specifically into areas like your niche and the way that you show up and the way that you work and content creation and all of those different things. But like as a general scope of this work, like why is it important for someone to understand their human design? Yeah, definitely. I think human design really gives us the tools to understanding how do we make decisions? How do we communicate? How do we show up in this world? A lot of times when I'm doing a human design reading, a lot of the work is very affirming to others and they kind of think, oh, okay, that's why I react that way or that's how I operate. And so it's a way of just understanding better, both on the personal side, understanding yourself better, but also on the professional side, understanding even something as simple as communicating uh, with one another, depending on different design types. And then to set up this conversation as well, one thing that I have been thinking about asking you that I thought would be really powerful is how does someone who say has a human design reading, or I know you've got an incredible YouTube channel full of resources. So someone doesn't even need to pay for a reading. They can go to your YouTube channel, which I'll of course link below, get their chart and start to understand themselves better. I bet a big question that I had was what's the process then for integration? You know what I mean? How do you find out all of this stuff about your, your communication style and your energy management? And then not just have it as a singular moment where you're like, oh, that makes sense, but then to actually start using that in your day-to-day life. Yeah, definitely. I think the thing with human design and one of the biggest reasons why I created a YouTube channel, not wanting to just give these one-off, here's three hours of information about yourself and good luck, is that it's really a journey. Everybody has their own individual experience. I even often refer to myself as an introducer to the work because I can only do as much as introducing the different concepts. But the first place I would look at is once someone finds out their human design type, 
is understanding the strategy, the not self theme, and the authority that you have connected to your specific human design type and body graph chart. With that, you can already start to implement in daily life, just even I would start with communication and response. There's very straightforward ways of thinking on, you know, as myself being a generator, and I believe you as well being a generator, we're very good at the response sort of uh, way of understanding decisions. So it's a yes or it's a no. Mm -hmm. Other people are really great at the open-ended questions. So they can start playing around already with that. And with my human design YouTube channel, I actually focus a lot on how to apply human design in real life. Yeah. So you can learn about yourself and you follow along with your chart, but there's a lot of resources on human design and relationships, human design at work, human design and your physical environment. Some of us love being around people. Some of us actually we learn and we can learn it through our human design chart more. Again, affirming through our human design chart that we might prefer to work on our own than in a large crowd, as an example. Yeah, that's powerful. And then you mentioned something in there about the types. So if you can go into kind of like explaining that, because how many different types are there? Four, five, is it? There are four energy types, but yeah. then you can think of it as five human design types. Um, yeah. So maybe I'll quickly just talk about yeah. the, the four energy types and, and why is there five? Um, yeah. So you have the manifester. These, uh, this type makes up about 8% of the population. Manifestors are really here to inform. They're not self-theme, which you'll hear me referring to not self-theme. Basically, this is the feeling you get when you are saying yes to things that are maybe not supposed to be yeses or you're agreeing or doing something out of alignment. The not self-theme for a manifester is anger. And then their signature is peace. Peace is how they feel when they are you know, in alignment with what they're doing. The next energy type is generator, which for this falls under manifesting generator as well as generator. That's why right. there's that fifth type. Fifth, it's, yeah. The MGs, as I call them, are kind of a special hybrid character that include both manifester as well as generator energy. Uh, the generators, we are very much um, here to respond. So it's almost like that gut response is the generator. Uh, generators make up about 70% of the population. Wow. Their not self-theme is frustration. And then their, um, their signature is success is uh, satisfaction. So yeah. sorry about that. That was a bit of a word jumble, but That's basically generators are here to respond. They're not self-theme is frustration and then um, satisfaction. The way yeah. I explain this is generator energy generally love um, building Ikea furniture because there's a very clear start and finish and it feels super satisfying when it happens, yeah. uh, when you finish a completed project. Um, yeah. so that's really the, the real life example for generators. Um, if we look at projectors, they're meant to be invited. So it's kind of this wait for the invitation. Many projectors find out that they are a projector and they're upset by this. And they think, how am I supposed to just wait for my career to come through? How am I supposed to start a company if I'm not supposed to uh, do it on my own and wait for the invitation. My biggest piece of advice here is that you can create your own invitation. You can ask your friends, hey, I'm thinking about starting a company. Can I tell you about it? That on its own is a set invitation. Up it's sort yeah. of a setup. They have what's called a piercing aura. So it's very much people are all in and all ears when they energetically create the invitation or when they get the invitation. 
Otherwise, mm. sometimes they don't come off at, in a way that people are able to listen. And so then they're often not heard. And the not self theme for a projector is bitterness. They yeah. literally will feel bitter about it. However, their signature is success. That's what they feel when everybody kind of is hearing what they have to say. And they make up about 27% of the population. And then lastly, we have the most rare, which are the reflectors. Now, reflectors are interesting because they are the only type that are operating by the moon, the lunar cycle. So the way they make decisions and what their strategy is, is really waiting a 29-day cycle. And this is because wow. reflectors are literally, basically, as you can imagine, a reflection. Every energy center is completely undefined. And so for them, they actually live these many, many four lives every 29 uh, days. So if they're thinking about moving, for example, a reflector might decide I'm going to move to a new city. And then yeah. the next week, they're going to move across the country. The third week, maybe they're going to move to a new country. And then the fourth week, they kind of settle down and know the decision. So yeah. it's really important for them to actually realize how influenced they can be by the outside environment and to give themselves time when making a decision, because they're actually not supposed to define themselves in this lifetime, which We'll talk about when we get into niching, because I think a lot of reflectors, when they learn that, they're like, oh, all right. Just like manifesting generators, which we'll talk about, they're meant to do lots of things. And yeah. it's not necessarily one single thing. Uh, just to wrap up the reflectors, their not self theme is disappointment. That's how they feel when they are not necessarily in alignment. And it's usually a disappointment with themselves feeling like, why can't I show up? Why can't I feel like everyone else? And really, they aren't like anyone else. There's literally 1% or less of the population make up reflectors. So they are super, super rare. And then their, uh, their signature is surprise, which I think yeah. is so lovely to think about because it's kind of like, oh, Wonder I made that happen. You know, they are able to, to feel that. Yeah. Sorry, we just had a little bit of a Wi-Fi hiccup there, but we are back. So as we were saying before, maybe we can go through and just tell people how they can find their human design because maybe they want to pause the podcast, go find their human design, and then they can follow along as we go through each of those individual areas of business and help them to understand a little bit more how to create success that feels good as they do build something online. Yes, definitely. There are Thankfully, many places online to pull up your human design chart for free. You will need your birth time, your birth location, and as well as your birth date. But if you just go on Google human design chart, there will be several different uh, links. Also, in every video I have on YouTube, I have three links that I always put down for where you can pick up your human design chart for free and follow along. Awesome. And maybe I'll post those in the uh, description as well. So people can just link directly from here. Okay. So we've got the four slash five types, manifester, manifesting generator, generator, projectors, and reflectors. When it comes to, I guess, one of the biggest questions that I feel like so many people are grappling with at the moment and because there's so many very strong but conflicting opinions around the idea of how to run your business, specifically from the focus of choosing a niche. 
And the reason why I said this just feels like divine timing is because I actually went on my stories on a complete rant the other day about how I personally don't believe in this day and age that choosing a niche is for everyone. Some people it works well for, some people it doesn't. And specifically when it comes to the humanization of our brands, many people agreed with me that it just feels too restricting to actually choose a niche one of those people who I'm not sure if he's agreeing with me personally, but he was saying it as well was Gary V. So there's two very strong sides of each individual camp. You know, some people want to tell you that if you don't choose a niche, your business is going to flop. And yet there's people out there who are saying from all different sides of the scale, you know, choose a niche, choose a sub niche, choose a combo niche, choose five niches. There's just so much information out there. And that's why I thought, holy shit, okay, it's got to be down to the individual, right? And that's why I thought human design might be an answer for some people as to whether they're supposed to choose a niche or if they're supposed to be a little bit more kind of like flexible in business. So maybe we can go through each of the individual um, designs and then talk about, you know, are they going to be frustrated if they're niching down too much or is it good for them to actually go more specific? Yeah, so... It's really interesting. It's an interesting question to think about because while there are four energy types, something I didn't mention earlier is that there are actually billions of chart combinations when it gets into the body graph chart. So what I'm sharing is in no way a complete, this is how it is if you're a manifester or this is how it is if you're a projector, etc. I always like to remind people that whatever feels right for you is usually the direction you should be going. And human design is really meant to be a tool. So if we think about it, however, from the perspective of these four energy types and bucketing in manifesting generators into the generator area, which I will cover, um, it is interesting because there, when it comes to niche, there are some big differences. And really it's more on the energy that we put out in niching down. So When we think about niche, society tells us we need to decide and focus on one area and be really good at that one area. And you often hear in the corporate world to stay in your lane and to not um, go off into other directions at your regular job, et cetera. But let's think about it from the four types. You have manifestors who, as mentioned earlier, they're here to inform. And oftentimes manifestors will have these spontaneous hits that's actually usually when they should go after the the different ideas they have. However, a lot of times manifestors will judge themselves and think, I don't know, maybe this is a weird idea and they try to fit in. This is something that goes around the conditioning that a manifestor has in this lifetime is understanding that they are a little bit different. They only represent 8% of the population and they don't have to do it all on their own. If they have an idea that's spontaneous and they can't explain the why, that's usually the indication that they should try to go after it. So if you're a manifestor listening to this and you have all these ideas that keep coming through and you can't really explain why you want to go after those ideas, go after them and see what happens and trust the process and invite others to work with you alongside that process because that's something that's going to really help aid you. Another thing that I'll mention on that, Just sorry. So just on that, I just want to maybe give some examples of like, so when you're saying ideas, um, Mm -hmm. would you say that these are like business ideas? Like what's the degree of which people should follow their ideas? Is this more so just the content conversation or if it's like, I'm a business coach, but now I have this idea that I want to go off and 
I don't know, do something completely different, talk about sex or something like that? Like, should they follow all different interests? I think it's with manifestors, it's really when you can't explain the why, that's sort of the the spontaneous hit. Something with manifestors is they actually have a different way of of thinking and seeing things. And so as a manifester, when it comes to to niching down, they can do that, but don't try to do it on your own. Manifestors, they create their energy from their throat chakra. And basically they'll have times when they can work two weeks straight and create all this content. And then they might need what I call a manifestor break, which is four days completely not touching any computer. And a lot of times each of us actually have our own sort of Um, conditioning with the different human design types and manifestors sometimes I think of it as the conditioning to actually delegate to actually feel comfortable delegating to others inviting others to help and not trying to do all the things Um, so as a manifestor you might feel like okay I want to have a marketing brand platform and I'm going to try to do everything under the sun from TikTok to YouTube to Facebook and Instagram but actually going after one at a time and then delegating you can still do them all but actually having others work with you is a way to still um in a way niche down yeah Um, if that makes sense yeah yeah i love it i love it okay so then manifesting generators yeah manifesting generators are so fun they are here to show us that you can do lots of things so these are our friends who somehow are you know are Reiki masters, maybe they do tarot reading, they might have a corporate job, they might have a 3D knitting company and an Etsy shop. These are people that they literally get into alignment by doing lots of things. Society kind of looks down on manifesting generators because they usually do lots of things and society thinks, well, you're supposed to stay focused. Why are you, why do you think it's okay to have three jobs and two side gigs and volunteer work and actually that's something that's very healthy for manifesting generators um i'm always laughing at my clients who are mgs because they'll call up and they'll say i'm thinking about starting a podcast and then two weeks later they're like i recorded my first season of my podcast they're they're just so fast moving and if you're an mg listening to this and you've been trying to define yourself and you've been trying to niche down i would actually recommend going after all the things trying the full buffet of options and if something doesn't feel good and you feel like you have to continue because you told the world publicly that you were going to make this type of YouTube channel for example don't feel shame around that just drop it and go on to the next thing Um, I always think of manifesting generators the advice here is to fail fast and move on and don't worry about the the judgment of what do other people think because in reality no one's really paying attention no um (laughs) Or remembering right. anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I think about it as, you know, when you're playing piano, you would re- you would know that you messed up, but the listeners have no idea. They are just listening. Oh my God, it's like DJing. That's like the number exactly. one rule of DJing is exactly. no, one's actually, no one's actually listening. <laughs> They're drunk. <laughs> we're listening and we're dancing. We're having a great time, but we're not worried about the you details. missing that beat or that note. Exactly. Yes. Um, if, if we move on to generators, generators are really good at focusing. Um, We basically get our, we are the only energy type, including MGs as well, that create our own energy by doing what we love. Mm. So if you don't love what you're doing, you will quickly fall into the frustration and the not, that not self theme of frustration, feeling like you can't get up in the morning, you can't look at your emails. When you're aligned, 
you can go, you can get through a hundred emails. You can sit and you can work eight hours a day and it's no problem. But as soon as you're doing something that doesn't feel exciting, then you're going to realize that you're showing up in a way that feels like this frustrated energy. Um, mm -hmm. As a generator myself, I could talk about human design for hours, but as soon as I started doing readings, I realized that I was it was too much on my voice and I wasn't sharing the information in a way that that made sense. And so I would come to the reading feeling like, oh my gosh, I have 10 readings today. How am I going to do it rather than, oh my gosh, I have 10 readings today. I'm feeling super excited. So yeah. really understanding your excitement level around the niche. Could you talk about it all day and never get bored? And also understanding that even if you feel like it's not aligned, it might just be the, the way that you are um, practicing the niche. So for example, mm. um, I, I use myself as this example with human design. I thought it meant I'm supposed to do readings every day, but yeah. actually I'm still meant to do human design. I'm still excited about it, but the better way to do it is through podcasts or YouTube or, or different ways that allow me to not do individual readings. So really understanding like what lights you up with your energy is important with generators. And maybe we can, because so, so saying generators are probably well suited to maybe niching down, but this is then a good example of how you said before, there's so many other variations mm -hmm. to this because you actually responded to my story, even though I am a generator, then there was another type, which... Yeah. So for me, I'm by no means niche in the sense that I teach people something that's quite not specific, but it's quite, you know, clear what I teach people, which is building a brand, building an audience and building a business. However, I have lots of different hobbies and yeah. interests, but they do all kind of like feedback a little bit. This is where it gets interesting. So we're only right now talking about human design types, but I have read Erin's uh, chart and if I can share her yeah, profile. Um, she is a three, five, which anyone who knows about human design will smile probably and think, oh yeah, that makes total sense. Because even though she's not a manifesting generator that might have lots of different hobbies, we can obviously all have lots of hobbies, but the three, five is the profile type that literally learns through experience. She's not one to take advice. She's one to literally go after and try it out. And that's how she learns. And I think even when I first started uh, watching Erin's YouTube channel and then later on taking her program. She's always reading books and then always teaching our, uh, her audience about what she's learning in those books. And it's kind of, it's so aligned. And that's actually just something that's very natural for her based on her human design type. Um, so there's a lot more than just the generator part. Just, just each part. Um, okay, so projectors, projectors and their niche. <laughs> yeah, projectors are super interesting because again, they often are sometimes misunderstood if they mm. are not operating by their strategy of waiting for the invitation. Um, I have a projector partner and it's really interesting to call out when they're just acting and voicing rather than waiting for that invitation or again, creating that invitation. So when I think about projectors, they are really good at answering open-ended questions. So for example, one way to start thinking about, oh, how do I niche down? Do I need to niche down? Actually asking yourself, what does that look like? Maybe mm -hmm. even creating a vision board. I always make the joke that vision boards are 
almost impossible for generator energy. We kind of feel like it's never ending. We can make vision, it could take six months to do. When I sit down with the projector, it, they finish it right away because they kind of, they know, they're really good at the open-ended uh, questions. So inviting friends to share their thoughts on your niche and what you're looking to do um, is one way that a projector can kind of discover and learn you know, what feels good and what are people responding to because projectors really do have such a powerful voice and they're here to be super efficient. And a really important thing about projectors is that they don't create their own energy. So mm -hmm. they get energy from other people like us generators, but they don't create their own energy the same way. So not trying to compare yourself to how a manifestor could work 10 hours straight for two weeks or how a generator every day shows up and works nine to five projectors are actually here to take mini breaks and actually show the rest of us how to relax. Um, there's so many great projectors on Instagram that people can, that our projectors could um, you know, look into where you can discover how to do business from a projector point of view, which a lot of times looks like they are just chilling in the bathtub and that is the place of alignment for them to be doing their business. Um, and again, it comes back to society and how society judges how we're supposed to show up, how we're supposed to niche down. And it's so different for each and each and every one of us. So I wanted to say, yeah, on that, how do you feel like that then fits into kind of like the demands of hustle culture or let's say, for example, even like TikTok and reels, you know, you see every single person out there who's a real expert being like post one to three reels a day, one to, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like our society and I'm really trying to combat this with my, my uh, communication around pace and going at your own pace and just trying to find the success journey and path that feels good for you and not just following what everyone else is doing. But even beyond that, you know, there would become, I, I imagine for someone who is uh, a projector that they would have maybe some shame or guilt or fear that they're not going to be successful because of the way that they work and how that may not fit into today's society. So what are some practices or things that I guess any one of these types could do yeah. to further honor who they are and reject the demands of our fast paced society, I guess. Yeah. I mean, all of us have different conditioning and there's so much from a human design chart to learn about the conditioning without just even seeing the overarching conditioning for each type. But I think one thing with projectors is oftentimes being around people gives them energy. Wherever we have in our human design chart, you'll see areas that are in a color and areas that are in white. Whenever they're in white, this, this means that these are undefined areas. So uh, manifestors, projectors, and reflectors all have an undefined sacral, which is where the energy is created for generators. And so being in a co-working space, for example, you might find, even if you're not working directly with someone, but there's just other people around, you can magnify that energy and have more, more energy through this. But then also, again, honoring and realizing that not all of us are, are meant to work this corporate nine to five. I, I worked recently with a manifester who worked eight years in traditional finance. And he literally operates as a generator and was raised, you know, by parents who are also generators. So he didn't even realize his different energy as a manifester until it was introduced to him. And now he started to honor taking breaks and, and not have to having to 
always be showing up. With projectors, when I say that they work really good in two to four hour spurts, they mm. are more efficient, they get things done a lot faster. But also when I say projector break, it doesn't mean taking a nap and lying down. I actually think generators are more uh, prone to taking a 15 minute nap in the afternoon and then getting back to work. Projector breaks are often active breaks, meaning that you could be on Zoom calls for two hours and then you might go and do a miniature workout for 10 minutes and then come yeah. back and do something else. Um, that's what I mean by a break is kind of just taking some time away from a project. The task, yeah, awesome. Um, and then reflectors. So reflectors are, I think, whenever I find a find out that someone I'm working with is a reflector, it's always very exciting. And I think probably the most important to learn about because yeah. reflectors are literally here to be a mirror for everyone else. They're here to show everyone else, um, you know, how they need to show up. Oftentimes, if you meet a reflector and you have a lot of self-confidence and self-love, you're going to love this person. They're just going to feel so abundant and so fun to be around. And so a lot of reflectors, they actually almost kind of like camouflage, they become a whatever is around them. So they might show up sometimes as a manifesting generator or as a projector, depending on their environment and who they are around. And so reflectors, I think, again, it is about not defining yourself and not feeling guilty that you might change things up because, and it's really for all of us, we shouldn't feel guilty about changing things up. Um, you mentioned earlier, TikTok. TikTok is such a fun platform, but it can be overwhelming. And there's this hustle culture that we need to show up multiple times a day on all these different platforms. And I honestly believe, and this, this is dependent on all these different gates in our chart, which we won't get into all of those, but you can find them on my YouTube channel, each gate, but certain times when we're not trying too hard are usually the times when we do the best. So it's kind of like, I know, for example, I have a TikTok video that went viral and it was literally just me showing the human design book and the gene key book recorded to some sort of music. And I think I took less than a minute to create and I just put it up there. I didn't really think about it. And that's actually the video that went viral when I wasn't really trying. And I think yeah. in general, when we force something or we try to compare ourselves to others, or we think this is what works, I have to use this formula we get further from what we're trying to accomplish. That's so beautiful. Of society's uh, way of thinking about things. Yeah, it really is. And I feel like there is so much conditioning out there that forces us into situations that just don't feel, you know, to use kind of a, a popular term as aligned or as in flow. But as much as we can kind of, I know a lot of people turn their nose up to these concepts or ideas thinking they're just a little woo-woo or too fluffy. Like to me, there's nothing woo-woo about them like it really is just being able to follow understand ourselves so self-awareness understand others emotional intelligence and then understanding our own energy creation management creativity styles like human design I feel like from what I'm starting to understand is just such a beautiful tool for self-awareness and I honestly think self-awareness could be the best tool that we could learn about exactly. in our entire life exactly it's something where I I think it it really does give the tools for understanding how to get more into that flow and alignment. I work with tons of corporate clients who are not interested in the woo-woo side of things. And I'm able to tell them so much about themselves, just looking at their human design chart. And there's a lot around, you know, are you a routine person and you thrive off of that? Or are you someone that 
does yoga sometimes in the morning, sometimes in the evening. And there's so much more to a chart, but learning all these different sort of key elements helps you understand how you best show up, not how society expects you to show up. Okay, that's a good one because that's a really good segue into kind of working styles and uh, time management productivity. But I just want to do a little tally. So, so for the manifestors, it's they can niche, but maybe they need some help in that area, but they still need the freedom and flexibility to explore the different ideas that they have. The manifesting generators are supposed to do a bunch of different stuff. So niching may feel uncomfortable to them. Generators, you know, again, it might be complex, but they they can niche as long as it lights them up, as long as it feels good. And as long as what they're working on is they're damn passionate about it. And even if within that niche, they can find a different delivery format or working style. Um, the projectors are able to niche but of course it needs to be validated or not validated necessarily but that invitation part of it needs to be there so that they are almost like invited into that so space they get heard. yeah so that they get heard um as soon as they have the invitation it's everybody is all in and ready to hear what they have to say yeah and then so more on the reflector side of things because i think that was the one that like how I understood it is more like a chameleon. So in terms of like, to me, I would understand that as they could do either, but like, they're just kind of like reflecting, they're there to reflect. (laughs) I think it's, it's something so interesting with reflectors because they oftentimes they have this pressure to show up a certain way and they think that they're meant to show up a certain way. And the reality is, is that they're really good at sort of being this, this support and also they're able to, to do so many things. I mean, we all can do lots of different things, but it gets into, um, you know, when you go into the gate, some people are really good at the physical, the material world, and they might find they love product management and working with physical products. Some yeah. people are super artistic and there's gates that literally have to do with people who have that creative side and, and want to create art. And so I think it going deeper into a design chart um, is the best way to really find those those small the little, nuanced details. Um, nuances exactly I love the conversation that we're having about I guess how not it doesn't combat it necessarily but it really helps us to kind of find some self-reassurance in our own frustrations or confusions when we are faced with today's society and conditioning and fast paced, like technological world. And so this is why I think the topic of working styles, and you mentioned something there about like habits and routines, like Mm -hmm. I myself am someone who really struggles with solid routines. And I felt really bad about that for a long time, even to the point where I tried to force myself to kind of like have these strict morning routines and really, really, you know, get up and do all the things and check the boxes and stuff like that. So when it comes to kind of like routines and productivity, I know you mentioned a few things in there, like manifesting, manifestors taking those breaks, working for a bit and taking the breaks and, you know, even the projectors kind of breaking up the tasks and having those active breaks and generators, as long as they're passionate can keep going. But I'd love to understand more, even from a kind of like time management day structural Mm -hmm. perspective, are there any clues about how people can most productively work without burning themselves out really. Yeah, yeah. There's a few different areas to think about here. So um, in human design, there there are transformation arrows. So if you're looking at your chart, 
near the head area of your chart, there are these arrows that are pointing different directions. Some will be facing left, some might be facing right. Basically, if they're facing left, it's a more active energy. And if they're facing right, it's a more passive energy. So um, there's a lot on these arrows and I have a whole YouTube channel or YouTube video on these arrows explaining them further. But for example, just to touch on, as Erin mentioned, um, she's not someone who really adapts to routine and she might feel the struggle because everyone says you've got to do the 5 a.m. morning to be successful. You have to have a meditation practice that happens every day. Um, I think that there's the way to think about it is there are people who have this active facing arrow, this arrow facing left, um, where they really do thrive on routine. I'm specifically talking about your upper left side arrow out of the four arrows if you're looking at your chart. Um, these are people who really do thrive on routine and when they miss out on part of their routine in the morning, they might feel like their day is just a little bit off or out of flow. Versus some people, they love yoga or meditation, but it happens sometimes in the morning first thing, sometimes it happens in the afternoon, sometimes Erin, I know she, she does kickboxing or Muay Thai, and then she also does biking. And so she changes it up. She tries different things. And so when I work with clients who are trying to, they come to me and they're like, I want to have a morning routine. And I look at their chart. I say, well, how about you write down 10 things you would like to do in a morning routine? And then every day choose one or two. Yeah. So you feel like you've achieved something in your morning routine, but it's not necessarily as consistent because each person uh, does operate a little bit differently. There's even a gate um, for anyone looking at their chart in the sacral. It's the gate five, where I call this the people that operate on alien time. These are people who literally might find that they love working late at night or they like working kind of strange hours based on what society deems normal eight to five working hours. Um, and this is something that when they discover that and I work with managers and I say, hey, if your employees have this gate five, can you give them two weeks to try out their own schedule and see what happens to their productivity? Because it turns out working 2 a.m. to 11 a.m. is best for them versus trying to fit into the box of the you know usual eight to five or, or nine to five schedule. So that's just one thing we can learn from two areas of a human design chart on, on that. Um, and a last thing I'll include is the root energy center. So the bottom square, mm -hmm. some people have this defined and it's in a color and some people have this undefined when it's defined, you might find that you actually thrive under pressure, like high pressure situations, give you adrenaline, give you that kick, make you feel motivated versus others who have this undefined while we can magnify the energy of those that have a defined root around us. And we might be able to, for a period of time, work under pressure it's not really sustainable, sustainable and we will burn out very quickly and we'll feel very overwhelmed. And it will always lead back to that not self theme. We don't get mm -hmm. over our not self theme in this lifetime. We basically, we use that as our way of the universe redirecting us on our path. So for example, I have an undefined route. If I'm working in a high pressure sales job and I'm being micromanaged every day, a few times a day with someone following up, I can do it for probably one or two days before I just feel exhausted and I won't respond to anything and I'll feel frustrated by the situation. So our not self theme is a great place to look to understand, okay, am I agreeing or doing something that is not a hell yes for me, or that is not, you know, filling my cup. 
it's blowing my mind, but also simultaneously making me kind of sad, to be honest, how our society and culture, I think entrepreneurship is a really good, uh, you know, way to obviously be able to explore these factors so much more. I spoke with one of my um, other students from SBA, Chalet, who was actually talking about starting to honor her moon cycle and then, you know, working more with her um, cycle in her creative ways. And she could only do that through obviously being an entrepreneur and having the time and being able to leave her, her job and stuff like that. But it's kind of making me sad that we do have a society that doesn't honor individuality. And I know there's no solution to this because if it was everyone work whenever they want, obviously it would be a sort of chaos and, you know, a lot of things like imagine supply chain, like there's a lot of industries where I understand the individuality couldn't be necessarily catered to. We can't have like truck drivers being like work whenever you want because, you know, you're a reflector or something, but how do you think that people, I guess, from a career perspective, as well as even entrepreneurship, like, should they be pursuing roles that I guess align with their human design? Uh, I definitely think it's super helpful. And there's so many ways to look at a human design chart and kind of start to understand what type of careers and roles fit. So for example, there are some human design charts where I look at them and I'm like, wow, this would be a killer salesperson and they would yeah. probably feel really motivated by sales and working with others. There are other types that are a little bit more introverted and they might prefer something that's more research oriented, not working directly with people or in front of people. So there's a lot, um, I would say, looking at your human design profile. These are the, the two numbers that come from your personality and design side um, based on the, the sun energy. And so that's a little confusing, I'm sure if you're listening to a podcast, what am I talking about? But yeah, in your human yeah. design chart, you'll have a profile number. There are 12 of those and they're not connected to human design type. I won't go over all 12, but just to kind of highlight, if you have a one in, in there, um, that's the investigator energy, very research oriented. You learn through reading tons of books and diving in. A two is called the hermit, but I kind of think of them as this person who has like this inner knowing and they just kind of are the silent observer. So they might like a job where they're not public speaking too often because that could feel very um, stressful as an example. It doesn't mean you can't public speak. None of this means you can't do something if you feel inspired because again, so much to a human design chart. Um, the third one is the, the martyr, which uh, is, I think of it as the explorer or the adventurer. This is someone who they need to have things changing constantly. That's actually what keeps them going. Yeah. So having a work environment that's dynamic, maybe it's real estate where you're looking at different houses all the time or doing something, uh, working with different people all the time. So is that like, is it, sorry, is that like the three, five? So the three yeah, out of the, the three, three, five, like in my, yeah. yeah so okay, the three cool. would be in your personality conscious self. Yeah. And then the five is sort of the unconscious self, the design yeah. side without getting too technical. So the five is how people see you, which yeah. I'll get to in a moment. I think it's totally true. And then the three is kind of yourself. Like, you know, that you like to try things out and that's how you learn. Oh, yeah. um, I always make a joke when a three, five learns about human design, even if they don't know too much yet, they're just sharing with everyone and they're just explore like that. They're just diving in. If they learn about, you know, something new, they want to share it with the world and, and go on the adventure. This podcast <laughs> It's exactly. like the incarnation of that exactly. exact thing. Um, 
The, the four is the opportunist energy. These people love working in their sort of inner circle and community. So these might be people who create communities, who have different programs, maybe they're coaches. These are people who like to work maybe one-on-one. -on -one. They like working with people, but not necessarily public speaking. They, they could do it, but that might not be their, their favorite thing to do. Mm -hmm. um, it could be, for example, marketing it could be a role when I think about opportunists, like letting people know about different things. Um, the heretic is the five energy. So this is how people see Erin. And this is kind of a responsible energy. People like look at her and they, even if she doesn't feel like she's super responsible, she has this energy about her where she could be at a store and someone's like, hey, can you hold my baby? And, and she probably will do it. But she's like, why would this person trust me to hold their child? And it's just that she has this natural responsible energy about her. And so the five energy Oftentimes they thrive on having responsibility, feeling that they are able to contribute so much, yeah. but they have to be aware of when they, oh, they take on too many things and then they overwhelm themselves and they can't show up for anything, which is yeah. the three, five, it's common because you might try all these different things. You're like, wait, I don't have enough hours in the day to do all of these things. Yeah. Um, so that's where I would think about time blocking and yeah. how to make sure that, okay, Wednesdays are podcast days and Thursdays are group meeting days, et cetera. Um, and then you've got the role model, which is interesting because it lives as a three explorer energy until age 32 or so, until um, after your son returns. So you have to learn all the lessons and experience all the things to become what is called the role model energy, which is a little bit more grounded and laid back energy. And these are people that might thrive in an environment that's maybe a little bit more predictable than something that's just all of a sudden every day they're showing up and they don't know what's next. Um, yeah. Again, this is just very high level and there's so much uh, more into a chart. So if you're listening to this and you're like, no, I don't like the idea of that. That's okay. I always tell people, take what serves you, yeah. leave the rest yeah. behind. Um, the thing and how human design differs, as I mentioned uh, earlier, the Enneagram or Myers-Briggs, is that those can change based mm. on your personality and people in your life and experiences and environment. Your human design doesn't change in this lifetime. Your birth date and time of birth doesn't change. Yeah. So we grow into our human design in a way, um, yeah. if you think about it. It's almost a like lot a of journey. people, especially when they're younger, if you're listening to this and you're under 25, you haven't hit your sudden return and you feel like you don't resonate with a lot of this, I was definitely there when I was in my early 20s learning about human design and it's sort of a process and you start to learn and you realize like, oh, that is kind of how things show up and operate. But it's almost like a journey. It's like a journey away from conditioning and pressure back to self. Yeah, exactly. It is. It's meant to be an exploratory journey. Um, Gene Keys is another subsect of human design. And the founder literally talks about how it takes seven years to integrate the information. I'm on year nine of studying Gene Keys. And I can say that it's, it's lifelong. Still. It's not, I learn something new every day. I have a kind of maybe difficult question to answer, but I feel like because of the scope of different people that you work with, um, in the corporate space and then obviously people who you have done readings in the past but what's your advice to someone who may not be able to honor their human design so maybe they do have a corporate job but they have kids and they let's say their design is supposed to be more creative more entrepreneurial more 
you know, a manifesto where they're supposed to take long breaks, but the society is not set up in that way. But maybe they don't have uh, the ability to just quit their job and honor their human design. I know you just mentioned it's a process yeah. and it's a journey, but, you know, for someone who is maybe feeling really frustrated, yeah. like, are there any ways that we can kind of calm those feelings without changing our whole life? Of course, of course. There are so many fun ways to, to think about this. I recently actually brought up the example of a manifester. I had a client recently who she is working as an admin in an office, but she has this dream to become a contractor someday. So she's in a real estate office working as an admin and maybe she's not super motivated by that work, especially as a manifester being told to do this menial work, having a boss, which a lot of manifestors realize later on that it's best that they don't have a boss, but that they work with others and delegate. Um, they're here to do that. And so um, as we chatted and she's like, I can't quit my job. I have to you know, support myself. And she had this end goal dream of being, you know, being a contractor someday and working on commercial buildings. So a fun thing that I invited her to try out was, well, you are in, you're doing admin, you're in front of all these phone numbers of contractors and their email addresses. Why don't you just email them and try to set up an interview or a meeting and find out how did, how did they get to where um, they got to? And it's super risk-free. Worst case, they don't have time for you. Best case, they have 15 minutes for a coffee and you can just sort of start to put out the energy yes. to the universe. Not in a, I'm not saying in a woo-woo way where you have to, you know, do affirmations and um, do a clearing bath or something, but literally try to find fun ways to get to where you want to go. So yeah. in that case, my advice for her was, well, isn't it funny that you're literally in front of hundreds of email addresses to these contractors and you could email them and ask if they have time to to meet with you even you could pass by a building and see a phone number and and call it and see what happens sort of go out of your comfort zone is always my uh advice is go out of your comfort zone a little bit not to take a big risk and also have fun and this is because it's part of my human design life's work is a very childish uh, playful way of uh, operating in this lifetime. It's part of my gate 25 for those that are deep in human design listening. Um, so I always tell people like have fun and think outside the box. And if you don't like your job, try to think about it as, okay, what if putting myself first was my full-time job, which by the way, it should be. Um, so what if you were showing up for yourself and treating your full-time job like a side job? And yeah. operating in that, even that mindset can actually shift you to think, okay, I'm showing up so I can do X, Y, and Z, but this is where I want to go. And then following up with just the small baby steps, yeah. uh, whether that's following a influencer, listening to podcasts, reaching out. Um, I think people are always looking to help and people are afraid to ask for help. So yeah. challenging yourself on that is a big step as well. So just even being on the path, no matter how slow you're going, or yeah. even if you only have five minutes a day to kind of do a little bit of research uh, on whatever topic lights you up or, you know, whatever path you want to pursue. I don't know where this is coming into my head based on this question, but I know you mentioned before that you have human design videos around relationships and other areas of life. I think naturally because this conversation was about business and the way that people could show up in their careers, but 
you know, is human design still something worth exploring for someone who's not necessarily wanting to find the path to their purpose, if that makes sense? If if yeah. maybe someone doesn't have great career or entrepreneurial aspirations, mm-hmm. but they just want to find out how to better operate in the world, like how can human design yeah. help with that? Of course. I think human design is important in literally all aspects, um, especially with relationships, not even romantic, just, you know, partnerships, people you live with, roommates, um, people you interact with daily. It's something that you can really understand how does your energy, how does it change? Um, And so thinking back on human design, it is this idea of, you know, how do we show up on our own versus how do we show up around others? So for example, there is the solar plexus. And if you have this defined, you're not really affected by the outside environment, you have your own set of emotions. If this is undefined, which by the way, is about 50% of the population, we're really affected by the outside emotions of the world. So even if you don't have aspirations around career, or you're not using it to, to, I don't know, find a relationship, et cetera, understanding where those emotions are coming from. So if you're on a bus and someone's upset and they're crying, and then you realize like, that you feel upset and you're, you don't know where it's coming from, having that awareness, allowing yourself to realize like, oh, the world is kind of crazy right now. I don't need to bring in the grocery line into my house. I can yeah. actually just having that, even that thought of, okay, I'm taking off my shoes. I'm taking off the energy from the day. That's one way that we can actually just kind of hold space for ourselves and learn a little bit more on it. And I always tell people the universe speaks to all of us in different ways. And the more we open up for that, the more serendipity kind of flows in. So even if you're listening to this and you're like, I don't know what she's talking about. This sounds weird. It's kind of just allowing yourself to let this work sit and show up and focusing really on, you know, what feels good. If it doesn't feel good, you probably are feeling whatever your not self theme is. I honestly, I think that's my favorite part about human design is that it is a celebration of following what feels good. Like I really like understanding yourself better to understand what is going to feel good um, and getting ourselves into situations where we can be exposed to the emotion of feeling good. And that's obviously, as you mentioned, individual for each individual type, but like, it's very rare, I think, to find a philosophy, a study, a science or anything like that, that isn't like so malleable in its in its approach like I love that there's so it's it almost is like going at your own pace and honoring what feels good maybe it's the way that you teach it or maybe it's the discipline in in its entirety but like that I guess at the center of it it's really just trying to make our lives feel better it's I think at the center it's it's this idea of you know we all are part of the same energy but we Mm. we're different angles of it and that's Mm. okay that we're different angles of the same energy and that we feel different around um, other people and versus on our own. I think it's something that with human design, there's no right or wrong. There's no compatible or not compatible. So if you're listening to this, you're like, okay, I'm going to go find out my, my partner's human design and my human design. Are we compatible? Um, it's not about that. It's more understanding for if you're a generator and you respond very good to yes or no. So let's say your partner asks, um, where do you want to go eat? If you're a generator, you don't care. You just want to spend time with them. It's wherever. If they say, do you want to go for sushi? It's either a hell yes, I want to go for sushi, or it's, I don't know, I I don't want sushi. What about pizza? And so that's just one really easy example. 
Versus as a generator, if your partner is of the other human design types, let's say projector, and you keep asking them, do you want sushi? They're going to come back at you and think, why do you only want sushi all the time? Why don't I, I have more options? They mm -hmm. actually are really good at the open-ended questions. So uh, that alone is just starting with communication, um, which we all do every day, is a way to think about it. Because I know it, for me as a generator, which is um, a large portion of the population, realizing that I don't need to answer open-ended questions, which society is, that's all we do. I'm guilty of asking open-ended questions all the time. Um, and so that's, that's another example there where you can realize, oh, all right, how do I reframe that into a, a response question? So just as a really basic example, like an open-ended question would be more like, what do you feel like eating versus a closed sort of yes or no answer is, do you feel like eating sushi? Why do you think like we're as a society kind of more prone to asking open-ended questions? Do you think it's because we almost don't want to be so direct and definitive? I think it's, it's interesting. You know, I grew up um, between the U.S. and Israel and in Israel, in Hebrew, it's just a more direct language. So you yeah. pick up the phone and you just tell the person why you're calling. Um, I know in the U.S., you pick up the phone and before you do anything, you always ask, how are you? It's yeah. an open-ended question and no one's really there to listen to what you have to say. They expect you to say, I'm great. How are you? And, and then you, it's you like start. the formalities. It's, it's, I think it's really the formalities because I know um, growing up between two different cultures, I don't think it necessarily is that way. Um, yeah. In Israel, people are very direct and it comes off as rude when we come to the U S and we operate that way. People are like, wow, that person is so direct and, and rude, but it's just, getting to the, the point of things. Um, yeah. So I think a lot of it's formalities. It's a lot of what we see on movies. Uh, we watch movies around about the office and it's, what do you think about this report? What do you think about this presentation? And so we think that that's the type of question we're supposed to ask. And um, for a generator energy, it could be more about, is this a good idea? Mm. Yes or no? What does it feel like? Yeah, man. It's so, like this, I know this conversation is about human design, but it's really getting me into like a mindset rabbit hole of like how conditioned we actually are, what is conditioning yeah, there's, us, there's, like. It is all about that. It's all about like, how do we uncondition ourselves to start showing up in that aligned way? And we've all had those experiences of those days that are just so in flow, so magical. Mm -hmm. So everything is just falling into place perfectly. And we've all had those days where, things are just, you know, we keep forcing things and they're just not showing up for us. Oh my gosh. I love this conversation so much. And I guess it's because we're generators, the fact that like it, <laughs> I just realized the time I'm like, I generally keep these to half an hour, but we're like ticking yeah. over the hour now, yeah. but I feel like maybe we need to do a part two because I would really love to jump into the conversation about content creation and creativity, but I yeah. almost feel like that maybe needs its entire focus or like a totally different section this was honestly so mind-blowing as well like to talk about one topic which is obviously human design and self-awareness and understanding ourselves but also just getting us to think differently about how conditioned we actually are even that little bit at the end you know by what we see on tv a conversation every single conversation that we've ever had in our lives or everything we've been listened to or exposed to it really is defining us. And I think that whole concept of being able to come back to selves as much as I think it will, as you said, be such a journey because it takes a shit ton of bravery and courage to, you know, to follow 
what feels good for us. I know that on my own journey, like I'm still learning every single day, but I think just human design is such a beautiful place to start because at least it gives you that certain sense of validation and understanding rather than just kind of being like, I just need to follow my emotions. And that's, do I even know if my emotions are right? No, a hundred percent. It's, it's exactly that. I think so many people keep distracting themselves, making excuses, thinking, okay, if I take this course, I'll be this, or if I do that, I'll, it will turn out this way. And it's, it's almost, we complicate things as humans. We make things so complicated and life is really meant to be enjoyed. And really we're here. It's a gift that we're here to have fun. You know, it's something that we, we, we don't realize that we, that when we are having fun, that's actually how we can get into alignment because society says we shouldn't do that. I always make a joke that my best sales or business opportunities come when I'm lying on the couch and taking a break from doing the work and doing all the emails. I'm not saying you have to, you cannot do any work, but I just, I let go. Mm -hmm. Literally when you let go and stop forcing things kind of flow. And I know that the content side, there's, there's a lot on that, that we could chat maybe another time on. Um, Definitely. These conversations can go for, for quite a while with human design. So I have one final question, actually, is what is your advice or opinion to those people who go down the rabbit hole of human design and then almost start to use their design as a bit of an excuse? Like, you know, whether it be like, oh, I can't do this because I'm a blah, 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 and that just doesn't that just doesn't fit that design you know I've heard that before like I've heard people being like yeah I'm a I'm a projector or something so I can't I can't work ever (laughs) you know what I mean they almost like take it to the 10th degree (laughs) yeah I mean this makes me so sad when people think that just because they are a certain type that this is a bad thing there is no such thing as a bad human design type just because you're a projector doesn't mean you can't be a founder that you can't inform people and start your own company like a manifester just because you're a generator doesn't mean you can't do something on your own and that you are meant to always work under people or for people there's there's a whole i kind of think about it as you know another segment on the conditioning generators for example are conditioned to to feel like they're not worthy or deserving of doing their own thing because traditionally they've been kind of bossed around and been the soldiers of the group kind of just you know, doing all of the the dirty work and the the things that people need people to be doing. But all of us are capable of doing what we want. It's just how our energy shows up and then getting over those conditions. So if you're a projector and you're upset about it, I actually feel like it's the coolest uh, design type and there's so much potential. And it doesn't mean that you need to sleep all day or that you can't work eight hours. That's absolutely not true. But it's just, you know, understanding how your energy flows and not comparing. A lot of times people who have this sentiment, it's because they compare themselves to others and they're like, well, I can't work 12 hours a day. It's not for me. And that's my excuse. And it doesn't mean you can't. It's just how does 12 hours of work look like based on your human design type versus uh, someone else's? Because again, as we can see, generators, if they're excited by a topic, we can go hours. Uh, If you were a projector, you would have stopped at the 30 minute mark and said, okay, (laughs) enough information for now. (laughs) 
I'm literally just thinking about those retention rates. I want to go for the next two hours. <laughs> but, but we will do a part two, don't worry. Honestly, I loved this so, so, so much. So definitely everyone go check out Sarah's YouTube channel. As you mentioned, you've got lots of different videos on there, helping them to go into those other aspects like the gates and the centers and all of the different things that is going to affect not just the type, but obviously the way that they can read their chart. So thank you so, so, so much for coming on this episode today and just being such a wealth of knowledge. I really appreciate your desire to actually get this work out into the world, you know, and not gatekeeping for just, you know, a business perspective, like that's fine. We all want to obviously grow our businesses, but you are one of the people that I admire so much because you are just so passionate about this work and it's beautiful. It's beautiful to watch. Thank you so much for having me. I had so much fun sharing. Awesome. 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 All right. We'll be back for part two. Thanks everyone. I'm not going to take up any more of your time because, whoa, that episode was so long, but I hope it was helpful. And if you stayed to the end, you're a boss. You're a boss. And if you didn't stay to the end, you're a boss too. Anyway, uh, super powerful. I want you to go check out Sarah's YouTube channel. I want you to let us know on Instagram what you thought of this episode. Obviously, don't ask me any questions about human design because I don't know a lot about it. Sarah is absolutely the expert. And like she said, her YouTube channel is full of resources. But as I said in the beginning, if you were thinking about your human design and wanted to dive a little deeper into that, there are lots of amazing readers out there. I definitely, definitely recommend you go check it out. But if anything, whether you dive into human design or not, I hope this episode just empowered you to honor yourself. You know, whether it's honoring your menstrual cycle, whether it's honoring the times of day where you work best, whether it's honoring just your intuition about how to create and how to build business you know the answers you have them within you and with how many people are on this planet eight billion nine billion seven billion something like that we can't all be the same and so the idea that we should all be building businesses in the same way is mind-blowing to me and I think that we need more people out there that are exploring alternate ways of building businesses find a way that works for you share it with people and those people are going to resonate with that and the more teachers that are exploring different options instead of becoming like carbon copies of one another the more that people are going to do incredible stuff in the world all right i love you i hope you enjoyed this episode and i will see you in the next one let's dance a little more Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.